David Ransombacus. I am the white male conservative. That's your blue-haired, gender-fluid, lesbian birthing person warned you about. I identify as patriarchy. My pronouns are ist, phobe, and phobic. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome back. If you are still listening, I'm asking you why at this point. Perhaps you might see some wisdom in my words or perhaps I entertain you. Today we're not just going to talk about speech. We're going to talk about the power of words, but not only that, but education and the arts, and philosophy, and theology, and all the things that are the building blocks of society. If you follow Torah like I do, in the book of Genesis, it says that God simply spoke. God opened his mouth, and the universe appeared. That's what I got from it. There is more power in words than a lot of us understand. As a speaker, a writer, an entertainer, a performer, I have to value the right to free speech. And in this day and age, that is the biggest topic on our tongues. Big tech is managed to censor our president and they will censor anybody who crosses the bureaucracies. So of course I have to stand up and defend free speech because I produce content and I have been targeted by big tech myself and they know what they're doing. And I think we're starting to understand that words do have power. And words do have consequence. But the biggest thing is words have a lot more power than we have been led to believe and understand. It's why that's the very first amendment of your constitution. You have the right to criticize your government. You have the right to report the truth about your government. You have the right to express disgust towards the powers that be. You have the right to dispute what the powers that be are saying. You have that right. You have the right to think for yourself. You have the right to reason. And you have the right to make your own choices. This is the essence of being a man. This is the very essence of what we men do. Words have a lot of power, and I am a wordsmith by trade. And I love words, I love playing with words, I love painting pictures with words, but we call them novels and stories 
and songwriting. God created a universe with words. And now our free speech is being attacked. And it's under intense scrutiny. There is a downside that I want to get into. With the advent of free speech comes a carelessness, a disrespect, because it's free. There's one thing I've learned in life, and that is anything that is free is not respected. It's taken for granted, and it's cheap, and you end up wiping your ass with it, and then you don't care. And now all of a sudden, this generation is being threatened to be silenced for good by this technocracy, by these oligarchs in power. And all of a sudden, we come to value it again. We are in the age of postmodernism. And in my mind, from what I've seen, we have hit a wall. The enemy does threaten to silence us. But you also have to watch what's coming through the back door. There's another way to end free speech. Without a law, without any rules, without any enforcement from the government in place. And that is, everybody says the most outrageous and most insane things. And brings everything into a... How do I put this? Into an absurd, petty debate that goes absolutely nowhere. Heterosexual people are asexual people who still desire a sexual relationship, but don't experience sexual attraction. Mm. Cupiosexual people may decide to have a sexual relationship despite not feeling sexual attraction, while others don't. Both are completely valid and communication is key. The communist mindset is all thoughts are exactly the same. There's no difference. They will tell you that all religion is exactly the same. There's no difference. Every idea is exactly the same. And we have to treat every idea with absolute respect. No differentials. No discrimination. No discerning. Everything has to be said and everything has to be held with equal value and equal weight. That is the mentality of the communist. They will say things like, a woman is exactly the same as a man. And if a man feels like a woman, you have to treat him exactly like a woman to the letter. Because communism isn't about actual equality. It's about neutralizing everything. And that's how they work. They will neutralize everything that's out there. And that's why I'm saying we have hit a wall in postmodernism when it comes to thought. And the way they have directed the conversation has pushed us into absurdity. Where life itself is now its own satire. It's now its own parody. And the absurd conclusion is I have to respect everything out there. I can't discern right from wrong, good and evil, man from woman. All words are the same. All ideas are the same. 
There's no difference. And they've been pushing that on us for a long time. Now, again, I'm for free speech. I don't think all words are equal. I don't think all ideas have equal weight. I don't believe that a man is exactly the same as a woman. I don't believe that all religions are exactly the same and there's no difference. To say otherwise is to show absolute stupidity and a lack of any basic education. But this mentality is the true attack on our culture. And it's a true attack on anything that is sacred. In the mindset of the enemy, nothing is sacred. And as a man, I walk a sacred path. I am something different. I am something that's not you. I have ideas that are not yours. I have ideas that are mine. I have a religion that is mine. And that's something that is actually offensive to the communist mentality because you're not supposed to have any individual thought. You're not supposed to have a sense of personal identity. Everything is exactly the same. There's no difference. In other words, you're not special. Nothing about anything ever is special or sacred. And what they have done is they have made everything arbitrary. A man is whatever you want a man to be. A woman is whatever you want a woman to be. And I don't get to say otherwise. I don't get to have an opinion. I don't get to have a thought about it. And what it is, it's the thought to end all thoughts. And there's nowhere left to go as a culture once you hit that point. I'm more concerned about that than I am about mandates and laws and big tech giants silencing you. I'm more concerned about the idea that we are no longer a free marketplace of ideas, but all ideas of all different flavors and colors have blended together into one big gray-brown blob of nothing. And Ayn Rand did warn us that the end goal of the communists for America is a genderless society. It's a colorless society. They don't want anybody different. They just want obedient clones loyal to the state and nothing else. I'm already seeing genderless people. I'm meeting people. I can't tell whether it's a boy or a girl. I don't know what it is. And they have very nebulous and vague names. And I don't know how to address them. They're out there. So, when we come against one idea, they're going to treat our ideas exactly the same way. So either you have to accept everything, which is madness, or everybody is silenced whatsoever. This communist cult thinks in all or nothing black and white terms. Either everything or nothing. That is actually a very dangerous place to be. Um, they do that with religion, too. You have to allow for every single religion to express itself and treat every single religion exactly the same, and therefore everything is nullified. Or no religion at all. 
all or nothing. That is what we're getting to. It's the end of thought. It's the thought that ends all thoughts, and you have no place to go from there. And what we have done is we've run out of ideas. If you notice, you look at Hollywood. They're really not churning out any new great blockbusters. They're regurgitating old movies. They're creating another sequel to something. They're rebooting something. And everything's getting a reboot now. We're running out of ideas. There's no fresh creative thought. There's nothing original out there anymore. And that is actually when a society dies. Whether I am expressing myself in my authentic masculinity and I am neutralized by every other voice that claims to be a man but is obviously not a man or whether I say that I follow the Bible if I were to say that I'm a Christian everybody says well a Christian is this a Christian is that Christianity is this and all religions are exactly the same when it comes to philosophy same thing it's all the same and what you end up having is like I said you have a gray brown blob and you are stuck. There's nowhere to go from here. It's almost like we have reached the end of existence itself. Because then we're left in a major existential crisis and we're asking ourselves, what is anything? But we ran out of words. We ran out of ideas. We ran out of philosophies. We ran out of theology. And so by default, we just stop saying anything at all. Me? I'm an author. What I'm doing is I'm going back through the classics. I'm reading classic literature. That's what I read for fun now. Um, I'm reading my kids Tom Sawyer. And I am once again going back through the Bible itself. As I write, I draw concepts from the Bible and I draw from apocryphal myth resurrect it and give it new life and bring it into my writings and add my fresh twist and spin to it that's the best i can do as i pave the way into the future there has to be a way out of this and as an author and as a songwriter it's my job to find it or we all die the civilization is coming to an end I am reminded, um, okay, I'm about ready to show off my nerd side. Um, I used to watch a lot of Doctor Who. <laughs> there was an episode where the Doctor uh, woke up in a dimension where all the other dimensions just came together and everything was just stuck. And you saw everything from everywhere. You, It was chaos. Nothing made any sense. And that is an accurate depiction of where we are in postmodernism. We don't have anywhere else to go. In the realm of thought. And we need new life in creative thinkers. We need new life from mystics. We need new life from storytellers, songwriters. Listen to the entertainment today. The music sucks. The music is not that great. It's not what it used to be. Okay, boomer. I know, I know, people can say, well, you're just old now. And yes, I am. I'm 43 years old. I'm allowed to be. However, I got younger kids looking at me. 
You know, because I'm Generation X. I came of age in the 90s. I was rocking out to Nine Inch Nails. I was rocking out to Metallica. Okay? And the kids are looking at me like, what happened to our music? And I'm looking at them. It's like, we gave you everything. What'd you do with it? Now the new trend that's really annoying the shit out of me. And uh, I was highly disappointed by the third installment of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, what was it? Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music? Yeah, that was it. And it's capturing a trend. I've seen it in a couple of other movies. But it's fusing all the styles of music together. That annoys the crap out of me. That actually pissed me off that that was how the movie ended. Because you have nowhere to go from there. But it shows up in the entertainment industry. It shows up in the arts. It shows up in the theater. Now I'm in the middle of reading a classic bit of work by Ingersoll Lockwood. You'll understand why the title grabbed me and I felt compelled to get the book. It's actually a trilogy. The book is uh, The Adventures of Little Baron Trump and His Dog Bulger. Yes, the second one is about Baron Trump too, and the third one is called 1900 or The Last President. There's an excellent blog article written about this book drawing some striking similarities to Donald Trump. That's not what I wanted to talk about. In this book, the protagonist is going on sea voyages. He goes to different islands and different places and discovers new cultures. And this is back in the late 1800s. It was written in 1892, I believe. And men still had a very big world to explore. There was a lot of unknowns. So there was always fresh material. So now they're out there exploring islands and undiscovered countries and things like that. To captivate the minds of authors. So Ingersoll Lockwood has a very independent, risk-taking, adventurous spirit when he writes. He values industry, he values creative thought, he values learning. All the things that I believe are required of a man. For men to be men, you have to have that adventurous spirit. So anyway, the protagonist in the book goes to one island that was inhabited by refugees from the Roman Empire. They were sculptors and they were artisans. And they built their island and they made these beautiful sculptures. And the island was thriving with life, with all kinds of art. And it was just a regular renaissance for those people. And then one day, male children stopped being born. They ran out of boys. Ingersoll was hinting that it's the male mind that takes risks in art and in culture to further the culture. So for whatever reason, male children stopped being born. And they stopped giving birth to men who had great, wonderful ideas. Ingersoll Lockwood, even then, was warning of the loss of of the masculine spirit in a society. So anyway, uh, in this island, they ran out of male children. There's no more men anymore. There's no more men to create new and fresh things. 
So the inhabitants of the island, they start staring at the statues of men from the past. And they start focusing on that and fixating on that. And one by one, people are dying off. And what they do is they're starting to focus so intensely on the statues that they start becoming statues themselves. And the entire population is frozen solid. Like, you can't tell the difference between the people and the statues. Little Baron Trump comes along, thinks there's nobody else there, but he um, does catch that they move extremely slow and they talk very, very slow. Because they're stuck in the past, there's nothing new, there's nothing fresh. I'm not going to give away the story. I do recommend reading these uh, this trilogy from Ingersoll, but... Eventually, the hero Baron, he brings in a new life to the inhabitants of the island. Brings in some fresh thought. Listen, men are explorers. Men are risk takers. Men are the inventors. Men are the ones who will carry us into the future and advance the human race. There's something very disturbing that has occurred to me. You have a group of rich elites, and I'm not going to give you my opinion of Jeff Bezos, okay? That's for another time. I don't care. The guy's an asshole in my opinion, but that's not the point. You got Jeff Bezos, you've got Elon Musk, and they are working on advancing mankind into the stars. They are working on private commercial space travel. Elon Musk has already set his vision to planet Mars. He wants to colonize it. That's his goal. His goal is to move humankind off of this planet and he literally says he wants to see us become a multi-planetary species. That's his goal. But what do we see? What do we see? We see thousands of bitter, small-minded, petty assholes ripping these guys to shreds. Well, Jeff Bezos, he went to space. Look at all that money he has. He should give us that money. Pay his fair share. Help all the poor people. Help all the homeless people. And I want to smack these people across the face and say, shut the fuck up. Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and I think a couple of others are doing things that none of you have had it in your head to do. When we're saying it's impossible or we're saying it shouldn't be done, they're working on getting it done. Donald Trump was laughed at when he invented the Space Force. Same reason. Oh, it's useless. It's a joke. So you got a bunch of petty, small-minded idiots that can't think past their bellies. That can't think past their gender identity. They can't think past their sexual desires. Into something greater. To get off of this planet. To see what else is out there. And I think it's high time that mankind advances his presence out into space. Space. A final frontier. And if we can't do that, we die. If we can't do that, we stagnate. And we necrotize. 
and we fizzle out. These are just ordinary men. I don't... In a lot of ways, I don't consider them heroes, like great, wonderful people. But I understand what they do. They have a vision so far beyond our tiny little minds. And as an author, I'm impressed that somebody is actually doing something. Well, you and I sit there, read sci-fi novels, and we'll watch sci-fi movies on TV, pining away, dreaming about maybe one day, 500 years in the future, we will be able to explore other planets and other solar systems. Maybe one day we'll be like Star Trek. Elon Musk is working on it today. These men have done much more for mankind than I have. Gotta look at him, I feel like a complete loser. I'm not even half the man that these guys are. But I'm also not small-minded and petty enough to tear them apart. To criticize them. Because they're doing what I wish I could do. That I can't. They're doing things that 99.9% .9 of the people on this planet can't do. And I think a lot of these bitter people are haters. And we have a society of psychological and spiritual zombies. That's really a good description. I envision somebody like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos climbing aboard his rocket ship. And I envision... Thousands and thousands of zombies swarming that rocket, trying to pull them back down. That's what a lot of this society has become. An angry mob of zombies trying to pull them down because they have such small minds. They can't think past minimum wage. They're fighting for $15 an hour, $20 an hour. That's where they're stuck. They can't think bigger than that. Men. Men are risk takers. Men are adventurers. Men are explorers. Men, real men, do things nobody else wants to do. And there's a fortune untold to be had in the stars. But here we are with our petty, tiny fucking minds. Oh, the earth is running out of resources. Apparently not enough resources for electric cars that these green people want anyway, right? <laughs> because now these billionaires are mining Greenland for all the minerals to make all the batteries and shit for the electric cars. Because that's what we're all supposed to be driving, right? Thank you, Elon Musk, for providing another solution. Personally, I don't think an electric car is that great, but he did something. He did something. People were demanding that we get away from fossil fuels. He did something, and they criticized him for that. Because I don't think that they will ever be happy no matter what you do for them. Quite frankly, if I had a billion dollars, 
I would get on that rocket ship and I would take off and say, See you fuckers, I'm leaving. You guys can tear each other apart and destroy each other back on Earth. I've got better things to do with my life. I'm going to go explore the stars. I'm going to go find rare minerals. And I'm going to go find rare energy sources on asteroids and other planets. I want to mine the moon. See, that's what I'd be thinking. But people are too small-minded. As an author, I can only write about it. As an author, I will probably write some things sci-fi and horror about things that I can only wish to accomplish in my wildest dreams. I would give my left nut to go to Mars. And I know I never will. I do have something on my bucket list though. I do hope it can happen. Before I die, I want to come up with enough money to climb on board a rocket ship. Just like Bezos did. Just to go up for a few hours. And I just want to see the Earth from orbit for myself. That's all I want. That's on my bucket list. I just want to do that before I die. I would die a happy man if I was able to do that. I was uh, doing that with my VR goggles a little bit. There's a cool little spacewalk and the uh, VR videos that I did and I was sitting there thinking, man, one day I would love to do that for real. But I took what I can get right now. And yes, Progressive, there was actually a woman on that crew that went up with Jeff Bezos. But you don't care! Rich man bad. So now I gave a verbal lashing to the leftist regressives. They're not progressive at this point, by the way. They're regressives because they fight against progress. They fight against the progress of mankind. They really do. The entrepreneur thinks of the next best thing, the next great thing that nobody else is thinking about. That's what a friend of mine told me once. He goes, yes, I understand what's making the money and what's selling and how to sell now. But what's the next great thing that nobody else is doing right now? That's what the entrepreneur needs to think about. But we can't. We're too small-minded and I say, we, I point the finger at myself. I haven't thought of the great American novel. I'm working on it, but I haven't really thought of it. As a man with a healthy sense of curiosity and risk-taking. I like to learn about cutting-edge technology. I like to see what mankind is ever on the edge of doing, of accomplishing. Where are we going to explore next? What are we going to do next? And I think it's very easy to get caught up in the past. That's how I write. I want to think, what's next? What can I write about either that hasn't been written before or maybe in a style or a way that's not often written or bringing a fresh face to old ideas? Because really, as an author, you realize that there's only a couple of stories in existence. They're just retold in a thousand different ways. I ask myself, what do my readers need to hear? And the way I write 
It's edgy. It's controversial. It will offend a lot of conventional people. I am a conservative. I hold religious moral standards. But I write books that aren't preaching to the choir. That's one of the things that I had a problem with concerning Christian literature, the Christian arts. Christians, especially of the 90s, 80s and 90s were notorious for this. They wrote to each other. They, the, the rock bands, they weren't targeting unbelievers out there. They were entertaining the Christians. They were preaching to the choir. Yes, some of the other people out there were drawn into the church to join. But you know what? It was the Christians that were really rocking out to this stuff. It's a bad habit that Christians and conservatives have gotten into. They were afraid to make bold statements. So they played it safe and preached to the choir. And I remember growing up in the 90s. And I remember watching Christian movies. They were absolutely terrible. They were badly written, badly acted, badly directed. I, I, they were unwatchable. Never would have fly Hollywood because they were preaching to the choir. It was some kind of weird spiritual egoic masturbation session. They're preaching to themselves. They're not trying to win new converts. And I do notice that churches these days, they don't grow. They pass the believer around to different churches. There aren't very many new converts. Because that's what Christians have done. They've been preaching to themselves. I have written recently a novel that has yet to be put up there and has yet to go live we're still working on the editing it's taking forever it's not written to people like me it's written to the woke crowd it's written to the LGBT people it's written to the feminists and what I do in my writing is I don't write a novel condemning that stuff. Instead, if I have an LGBTQRST whatever lead in my stories, it's because I have something to say to that group of people. And I'm working on a vampire novel that's continuing on in that vein. I am speaking to these people because I have something to say to them. Something fruitful and something meaningful. Not condemning them or lambasting them. That's how authors and writers of the future have to think. In the entertainment industry, in the arts industry, we've been writing and performing what sells. And that's why we suck. Another area that I'm going to explore is comedy. Comedians are boring as hell. I am so sick and tired of sitting there listening to comedy shows. Every single fucking comedian up there sounds exactly the same to me. They're not funny anymore. 
They're a little preachy. But they're not funny. I'm not laughing. Now, when I was a kid, when I came of age, especially in the 90s, I listened to Andrew Dice Clay. I listened to Sam Kinison. And everybody knows George Carlin. But we can't do that anymore. Remember Dave Chappelle? Even he's gotten boring. Comedians are boring. So you know what I decided to do? And I looked around on YouTube and stuff. There's really not a lot out there. I'm going to have to forge my own here. I'm a bit of a... I am attempting to be a bit of a pioneer in the comedy field a little bit. I'm creating a clown act. I've got a clown character. Complete clown makeup and clown suit. It's great. Telling jokes in that character. I don't... I've never... I, I don't see any comedians dressing up like a clown up there. I want to bring back the clown. That's what I mean, that we need a fresh face, we need a fresh attitude, we need a fresh mind, fresh insight. Doing things nobody else is doing. Putting things out there that isn't normally done. The most famous comedians out there were the shock performers. They were saying shit that would piss you off. They were saying shit like, oh my god, you can't say that, but you did say that. Or you can't do that, but you did do that. Or nobody else is doing that. You look ridiculous. Oh, but you are doing it. And these are the comedy greats. And it's the same thing with movie performers, with actors. The best movies are the ones that go places where people are afraid to go or don't think to go. My conclusion is this. We have become an overly feminized society. Ingersoll Lockwood knew what he was talking about. And he warned us of the loss of the masculine spirit. We no longer have men being born. We're starting to slow down. And we're starting to stagnate being stuck on the people of the past, not forging ahead with new ideas or a fresh approach. We're falling into that. Men are different than women. Women are about keeping things safe, secure, and comfortable. That's a woman's job. I talked about that a couple of episodes ago. In contrast, men are fierce. They're hard. They're bold. And as I said in this show, in this episode, we take risks. And our society, Western civilization, is afraid to take risks. We're afraid to try new things. And we're necrotizing because of it. And we are becoming these statues and we're stuck and we're stagnant and we have gone terribly petty. We're focusing on our penises, wondering if a woman can have a penis. Wondering if a man can give birth. I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. 
Well, why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? I want to have babies. You want to have babies? It's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. But you can't have babies. Don't you oppress me. I'm not oppressing you, Stan. I've got a womb. Where's the fetus going to just take? You're going to keep it in a box? That's what we're focused on! We should be ashamed of ourselves. Because I see an entire universe to explore out there. And now I ripped the left, a new one. But do not think that you religious conservatives are off the hook. I'm going to close with my rebuke and reprimand for you. I was brought up in evangelical Christianity. Don't try anything that's not on the beaten path. Don't try anything that's not approved in the Bible. You read the Bible our way. You do exactly what we say. And that's all there is to God. Don't ask any questions. Don't try edgy or risky things. And don't you dare get into the occult. That sucked the life out of me. And it destroyed my spirit as a man. It emasculated me. And here's what I see. When I go to churches, I see children. Perpetual children that are afraid to grow. Because they're taught not to. It killed me when I was there and I can't go back. I left the restrictive mindset of religion and I forged my own faith and I broke all the rules. Yeah, I got into the occult. I walked through portals into other dimensions. I have talked to angels. I have talked to demons. I have met God. I have met Satan. I have met beings from the stars. I understand the deeper mysteries because I took a risk. I took a few risks and I broke a few rules that they said I couldn't do. I'm going to tell you something about religion. They make the rules and you go by them. And that's good. You need to start out with structure. You need to start out with a clear sense of right or wrong. But there needs to be a provision in the religion for when you mature and when you are of age. In the Jewish religion, you started out with the law and order and the structure of Torah. Do this, do that. You memorized the law and that's all you did until you were in your late 30s. Then you were invited into mysticism and you got deep into the Talmud and you would get into something like the Essenes or Kabbalah and learn the deeper mysteries and you would leave the known and you explore into the unknown. That's the normal progression of religion. You start out as the Apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I behaved as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul was talking about. So yes, we know about following the commandments. We know about baptism. We know about all the sacraments and all that stuff, but there's more. Jesus 
rebuked the Pharisees for this reason. He said, not only do you refuse to enter the kingdom of heaven, you block the way for other people to get in. You hypocrites. And the Pharisees knew what they were doing. They hid that mystery. They hid the deeper truths of God and the deeper truths of the mysteries of the universe from the people so they could keep those people stunted in growth. They could keep those people subjugated. A rightful religion, here is how it's supposed to work. You grow up learning the Bible. You learn all the rules, all the do's and don'ts. And then you are invited into the deeper mysteries by the seasoned elders. And then you go into the unknown and explore mysteries of God. Not forgetting the foundation that you have. Not leaving or abandoning the foundation that you have. But you understand that there's more to do. More to find. More to understand. And I did that without a guide. I did that without a priest. I did that without a rabbi. And it scared the shit out of me. I really truly believe that there was heavenly beings involved guiding me. One of them I have met. His name is Uriel. He's my angel. I'm not going to get into that. But I did step into the other realms. And now there's a map of the universe. There's a map of all reality in my head that is best explained in symbols. But I understand... I understand the deeper things of reality and the very fabric of existence itself that I can't put into words. I took a lot of risks... And it was a shock to my system. It almost drove me insane. But the payoff was worth it. Because I see things that I've never seen before. And I understand life in ways nobody else understands before. And I have a deeper knowledge and a deeper wisdom. And it's not something I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, ask God for it. But just remember, if you do, it will destroy you. I remember a moment of clarity back in 2012 when I had a lot of questions for God and I didn't understand. And my whole life had fallen apart because what I thought was true turned out that it wasn't. The Christianity that I was fed turned out to be a lie. And I wanted some answers. I got those answers. And I got a lot more than I could ever hope for and I bit off a lot more than I could chew and ever since then I've been paying a heavy price for it it's not something to be taken lightly but I did it as a man because I needed to do it on a final note no sane man does this if you live a life of comfort happiness you do not have a reason to strike out into the unknown. You do not have a reason to explore. You do not have a reason to try new things and invent. You don't have a reason to take risks because you're comfortable and you're happy. And we have a very comfortable, nurturing, luxurious world. And men are losing their sense of purpose. They're losing their sense of identity because there's nothing new. There's nothing left. The only reason I took the risks that I took and I went to the places that I went to and I did what I did was because my life was a tortured one. 
I was abused. I was bullied. I was treated like shit all my life. The pain itself drove me insane, and I had to get some answers. I felt as though my very life depended on it. I needed to understand. I needed to make sense out of my tortured existence. That's what drives invention. That's what drives innovation. That's what drives space exploration. We know there's a problem here on Earth. That's why we're doing it. We understand that resources on Earth are limited. We understand that the Earth can only hold so many people. And we're talking about overpopulation. So Elon Musk is already considering inhabiting other planets. There's plenty of room in the universe. We just have to figure it out. There's plenty of resources to mine. Millions of space rocks out there. Millions of asteroids and moons. The only limit to your life is your own mind. And your own fear. Your own fear to leave the comfort of your mother's tit. To move on to glory. That's what I have today. I will see you next time. On the Man Cash Show.